Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to This Is Ours podcast. I am your host, Omaina, and this is my podcast where our motto is to be unapologetically intentional. Oh my god, I can't believe that I'm actually on episode 13. It's insane that, like, a pipe dream, I guess. I was just thinking the other day about like how did I even get here and I'm so grateful to everyone who takes the time out to listen to let me know what they think just it's insane it's almost like I I think I remember maybe in like April or May just I was always worrying about you know how many people are listening you know what is going on like what if nobody likes likes what I'm putting out and I think it took me a while to just be um and rest just in the gratitude that I even get the chance to do this and I find that I found that since I've done that now I'm kind of just more almost free it's like this podcast is back for me in my head to being what it was about right just a space for me to just be unapologetic intentional and saying you know what I'm what I'm going through what I'm thinking like I'm creating my space and finding my voice and it's just been unbelievable that's just unbelievable so thank you thank you so much um so some thoughts from our last episode and honestly i'm probably going to have to do a part two because just reading some of people some of people's opinions on social media i'm just like wow um it's obviously a very controversial topic but i always thought in my head that people or maybe not i always thought but to some extent i was like people have to be on one side right like it can't be that controversial but I found just from what I've read um on like my Twitter and my Instagram and even like my Facebook over the past few weeks that it's it really is a very controversial topic um and I think it deserves another episode so watch out for that but anyway anyways here are some thoughts from some listeners um so I have two thoughts um from two different listeners. Um, the first listener spoke on the relevance of the Bible's teachings on leadership in viewing this issue and the need to view leadership from a lens of love. Leadership is not in titles, but in services, service to others. I think it's something that we as a society have not fully grasped. If you lead from a place of love, then you will take care of your subjects, quote unquote, like a loving father takes care of his children. But most people were raised in toxic environments filled with exploitation, scheming, manipulation, and conflict. So they learned how to lead from this lens. And the matter of the man and his position and place in the society has been so misinterpreted and maligned for selfish and malicious intentions. And this is where we find ourselves in this, like, I guess, gender war of some sort or in this political or in this climate that we find ourselves in. It's because of the misinterpretation of what it means to be a man, for example, or a man of God in the case of last week's, like, case example, quote-unquote. However, this listener also went on to say that the matter of rape must not be looked at only from a gender-based perspective because doing so redirects the issue down a path that can never be agreed upon in this lifetime. Because the truth is the woman is not the only victim of rape, which I completely agree with. Rape must be viewed from the perspectives of the perpetrator and the victims regardless of gender. All rapists should be severely dealt with because to do something like that to another human being is the most cruel act you can subject him or her to. And I completely agree with this. 
However, I think the reason it is mostly discussed from this gendered perspective is because of the reality of the microaggressions that most women face on a daily basis and other factors, of course. Um, so that's the thought from one listener. So thank you to that listener. Another listener agreed that the reason why patriarchy is such a mess is because women are taught their roles and are even aggressively willing to participate. But the protection, safety and provision we're supposed to be getting from men is nowhere to be seen. What was supposed to be an exchange has become exploitation. I could not agree more. And as I said, I'm thinking of doing a whole other episode on this gender dichotomy and what the implications are on society. Because the truth of the matter is that we can never tackle patriarchy until we unroot the learned behaviours from our our childhood. I think what scared me the most with this Koza story was to see an apparent man of God act as a leader for men and then inside apparently be, allegedly be this monster capable of inflicting that kind of pain on another person, especially growing up as a woman in this society. We have seen a spike of stories shared on social media and it's been so heartbreaking. And I've been reflecting on the privilege of my safety a lot lately because really and truly anything is possible in this day and age. So those are just like my, not my remaining thoughts, but some additional thoughts on a last episode on where is the manual. Um, so before we dive into today's episode again, just to say thank you to folks who are listening. And I love hearing from you. So please, please keep the thoughts coming. So on to the next one. This week is um, the best topic this week is the best for this topic because this week has really, these past few weeks have really tested my resilience. I've wanted to give up way too many times, not even just these past weeks, but in the past two, three, four months. It's just been one of those times of just mass transition from ending my first year of grad school to leaving a job, starting a practical moving and then looking for another job. It's just been a lot. So basically, today's episode is almost like a rant and thought session. So let's see where this takes us, shall we? Um, the episode was ti- the episode title was inspired by my Scottish babe, Mlaine. So thanks, babe. So let's get right into it. I've been in this transition for the past 10 months, and I feel like my life is just up there. But at the same time, I've had a lot of changes in the last in the past 10 months and I don't think I ever took the time to stop and process right so my grief my sadness my anxiety happiness any of it I just sweep it under um under the carpet and keep pushing at it and to be honest the carpet is about as big as me and ready to fight back now all my life I've always been pushed to be the best I can be and I'm grateful to my mom and my dad for that spirit every day but what I have never explored is the other side of the coin my parents' inability to rest in the small victories because I'm always pushing for the big goals. So even when I'm winning in some parts of my life, my mood is characterized by the areas that I'm fa- I'm failing in. For example, with this jobs thing. I've been bouncing from place to place for the past two months, or I guess two and a half months at this point, which has had its downfalls, but it's been, I've been excelling at my practicum, if I do say so myself, and I also happen to live in a very beautiful apartment. But all I can seem to focus on is the jobs part of it. And I guess... It's also the financial piece to it, right? Nobody wants to focus on money because as people say, it comes and it goes. But when you're at that point and you just don't have it, it can be all you think of. So is this is this situation where I'm trying to rest in the gratitude that I live in this beautiful apartment and I have this amazing practicum that I'm so grateful for. But then it's almost like I can't rest in those small victories because for me, I'm pushing for 
almost overall perfection, even though I know overall perfection is not really a thing. And at this point, I don't have that because I'm in transition. And I think that's another thing to it too, is that even if I were to find this perfect job or accomplish this overall perfection, whatever that is, I feel like I need to acknowledge the fact that I'm in transition because for me, because of this zeal I have in myself to push for the best, it's almost like I never acknowledge the things going on. And by that, I mean this. So I moved, right, to a new country where I knew no one. Um, I had to find housing. I had to find a new job. I had to start a new program. And for me, like, when I tell people that, they're like, oh, my gosh, you're so brave. How did you do that? And I'm always like, I mean it is what it is kind of thing. And I, I think it goes back to this idea of pushing, just pushing things under the carpet and just moving on. Because for me, I'm not resting in the fact that this is actually such a huge change for me. And, you know, there are emotions that come with that, that I have to process. Um, and it's funny because every month this year, I've said, um, this is the start of my new year. So January came, February came, March, April, May, June, July, and now we're in July, right? And every month I've said this is the start of my new year. Like, that is supposed to erase everything else that has happened this year. But why do I want to erase it? I guess I had an idea of how my 2019 was going to go, right? The things I was going to accomplish. And I've accomplished some of those things, this podcast, for example. But I guess it goes back to this idea of not being able to stay in the gratitude for too long. I heard this line on Good Girls that I just love. When did life become this monster that we just have to constantly feed? On the one hand, Good Girls is such an amazing show, so watch that. But that's something else. Um, when did life become this monster that we just have to constantly feed, right? So when did it become... It's just like I just keep doing and doing and doing, feeding the monster that is life without stopping to process or stopping to be grateful. or Because it's just like everything is coming at you at once, right? And how do you, if everything's coming at once, how do you even stop? And I was talking to Timmy about this um, maybe like a month ago. And she was like, oh man, I mean, we've never been at this period in our lives before. It's growing pains. And it really like, I think that's why I titled this episode. Like that's why I chose that title because it really is growing pains. We've never been at this time before. I've never been in this specific situation before. In this transition, is so different from all the other transitions I've had in my life that it just makes sense that there will be growing pains, quote-unquote, attached to it. So there will be things that I'm not familiar with. And I think resting in that has been really difficult for me. So I recently left the job I'd been working for about eight months. And since then, have moved from... I think I've moved jobs about three times. Because it's like I'm looking for something. The thing I think I found in my practical, maybe. But again, I guess now is the best time to explore, right? I wanted something different, so I left Starbucks. But now I'm thinking all the other things I thought I wanted. Not so much, but I'm beating myself up for somehow not knowing that I won't like it, which is on its its own makes absolutely no sense. How would I have known? So it's basically, this is basically how I see it. I was at Starbucks, but... You know, it wasn't going as I as I wanted it to go, so I left, right? I mean, I left for multiple reasons, but I left. Now I'm looking for other jobs because I'm like, you know what? I'm 22. Like, if I'm going to explore, I'm going to explore now. I'm not going to explore when I'm 26 and you know have a full time job. But then it's also like, okay, now I've had my time of exploring. But then I'm also thinking back to like, it's like I should have known that 
all the things that have happened since April were going to happen. But then how could I have known that? And I know that life is about making choices, maybe mistakes, and just sticking with it. But maybe for me, it's the fear of making the mistakes that leaves me in these situations, right? And now it's like almost I feel stuck and I don't want to move because I'm scared if I move and I make the wrong decision, then I end up somewhere. And it's that I just end up with all this regret. So then there's a fear of moving forward. And to be honest, like if I was talking to anybody else, I would be telling them, you know, you never know until you do it. But I guess that's the thing, right? It's like, it's so easy to tell these things to someone else, but then listening to that advice yourself is just like completely impossible. And it's this tough balance between attempting to learn from mistakes and then wallowing in the pity of, I was so stupid to do it that way, or why did I do it this way, or blah, 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 blah. And I think that's that's the balance I'm trying to maintain, right? I'm trying to be like, you know what, in this life, I just have to, you just have to go with it because it could be a mistake, but it could also be one of the best things that ever happened to you. And in the event that it is a mistake, I feel like I need to learn how to sit with that and, you know, be comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling. Because for me, I've never been a quitter, but then I'm bouncing from place to place, I guess. But then I don't know why I, I relate bouncing from place to place to quitting, right? So, like, what is what is my idea of what quitting is? And even if I was to quit something, because I did, in fact, quit a job, and I felt, like, horrible because, for me, I failed at something, which made me think, like, what standard do I hold myself to, right? Like, what 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 is it that I think of myself that I quit something, I quit into failure? And even if I did fail... What is so wrong with that? And why does the idea of failure give me such anxiety? I guess it goes with this idea for me of never really like being exceptionally good at anything. But the one thing I can say is I'm a hard worker, right? So if if I'm not exceptionally good at something, but I work really hard at it, then I can say, okay, I've done a good job. But then if I quit, then it takes away from my identity as this hard worker, which causes this identity crisis in me. And I'm not sure why I put so much pressure on myself to almost like know everything. And I don't know if anybody else feels like that. And please tell me I'm not alone because it's like, how how am I supposed to know these things? Like, for example, I, I decided to apply for a job. I got a job. I worked it and I didn't like it. So I quit. And then I'm beating myself up because now I quit. So I don't have that influx of money. So blah, 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 blah. And like... It's a whirlwind of things that happens after that. But why am I beating myself up? And why am I putting so much pressure on myself to know that I wasn't going to like it? Which literally makes no sense. And I know like that the thought processes I'm, that are going through my head make no sense. Because I wouldn't let any of my friends think this way. But then again, it's just one of those things where you think what you think. And you don't let another person think it. Because I'm 22, how do I expect to know everything? Like, this is a time that most people my age are just enjoying being in their 20s, not taking life too seriously. But I almost feel like I don't have that luxury. I have this one chance to make the most of the opportunities that have been awarded to me, so what do I do? So it's like, I I understand that, you know, life is about, you know, making mistakes, falling down and getting back up. But at the same time, a lot of sacrifices have been made to get me to where I am. So I feel like I can't make any mistakes because I can't let down the people who have gotten me to where I am. So there's a pressure on myself that I already put on myself just because of how 
I was raised to just try my best at things, right? And work very hard. But then there's that added pressure of, I know all the people who have sacrificed so much for me to get to where I am and I can't let them down. So I can't fail. So it's like pressure times pressure. And it's almost like for me, if I don't stick to something or if I'm not good at it, I'm a failure. But then again, it goes back to this idea of what do I define as failure? I don't know what I'm doing, but I guess that's part of it too, right? I feel like I'm spinning with no end. But again, I guess it's about exploring, isn't it? Like, isn't that what life is supposed to be about? Especially, like, at 22. Like, sometimes I feel like I've just rushed. Or not rushed, but I feel like I'm just always doing. And I never have the time to just be because it's like, if if I'm not in school, I'm working. If I'm not working, I'm trying to get back in school. If I'm not trying to get back to school, I'm working. And again, it goes back to this idea of I know the sacrifices that have been made to get me to where I am. But then at the same time, it's like sometimes I feel like I can't even just be. I can't just be a 22-year-old woman because I don't have the luxury like most people have. And to be very completely honest with you, the pressure that comes with that is insane because, like, in my practicum, like, when some people hear my age, they're like, oh, my gosh, you have all your, like, your life together. And I'm like, oh, my God, if you only knew. I guess it goes back to that idea of, like, I was watching a video this morning with, um, what's this man's name? Bishop T.D. Jakes and, um, Steve, what's his name? Um... Steve Harvey, that's his name. I was so I was watching a clip of the Steve Harvey show, and Bishop CJX was on the show, and he was talking about just the this idea of like you see people on Instagram, and nobody ever shows you like the hard parts. Like you see people on Instagram, the picture they've chosen is the picture that they flip through, best picture, and they put a filter on it. So when you see it, you're like, oh my god, I wish I had her life, blah 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 blah. But you don't know all the trials and things that are going on in her life. So I guess for me, that's also how I see it. When people tell me, oh my gosh, you have your life together, in my head, I'm like, but you don't know. Like, there's so much... I just, sometimes I feel like I'm walking around with, like, literally the world on my shoulders because I can't afford to fail because I can't let down the people that got me here. So it's like I feel alone, but I'm constantly surrounded by people. Because I just don't want to be the one that's constantly complaining. You know, like, nobody wants that friend that all they do is complain, right? But I feel like I go the other side of the extreme, so I don't want to complain at all, so I just don't talk. So if I'm in a mood, I literally, I'm just mute. Like, I don't want somebody else to have to bear my burden, right? So I'm going through these growing pains by myself, which, to be honest, I don't think is the healthiest thing. Because for me, where's the fine line between pushing through the phase and just being like, this is too much for me? Because I don't want to be heavily on either side. I want to put on my endurance jackets, as one of my aunties put it, and push through because I don't know what might come out of it. But at the same time, I don't want to be constant. I don't want to constantly dread going somewhere. And I think that was what it was for me with like these jobs that I keep going to. Is like, I know that I should I should just push through it because you don't know what might come out of it. But at the same time, I'm like. I also just want to be, be and be happy and not have to do something just because. It's like I'm trying, I'm constantly, currently trying not to see anything as lost or wasted time. The whole everything happens for a reason bit. But it's so hard to see life that way, especially when it seems like everything is coming at you from 10, 12 different sides. Sides. 
I heard this thing on Jesus and the Love. Lovey talked about how it is a constant need for excellence that never allows us to be vulnerable. And I completely agree with that because I feel like I'm constantly trying to be this idea of what I think, you know, I'm supposed to be, that I'm never able to just be vulnerable and just be sad or be or rest in my failure or whatever that might look like. And she goes on to say that I draft one needs to have permission to be poor because our best might not be excellent. And it felt like she was talking to my spirit because how I I would never give myself permission to not be perfect, whatever that looks like. And for me, I think the reason why I wanted to talk about this episode is because I like I'm so sure that I'm not the only one that, you know, is feeling this way that is feeling like they're in this constant state of transition and again there's growing pains attached to that but I think what I'm here to tell you is like like Lovey said you have to give your draft one permission to be poor and permission to not be perfect because like you can't you can't move forward if if you don't do that you just can't so this now concludes my racing thoughts episode um let me know what you think. Does anyone feel similar to how I'm feeling? Am I alone in this? I think for me, this episode really and truly was just a rant. A rant one. And I'm really hoping that in everything I said about growing pains or in my diversions or however you took this episode, I hope you at least took something out of it. I'm going to leave you with one thought. A friend, a friend shared this with me a few weeks ago. It's a journey, babe. Some days are rocky, but that's the name of the game. With that, I bid you adieu. Have a wonderful two weeks. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I love you and appreciate you all so much. And don't forget to be unapologetically intentional. God bless.